Welcome to this new life podcast. It is our desire that you learn all of the benefits of the abundant life that you have in Jesus Christ, so you can live your life to its fullest. Listen and be encouraged. Hallelujah. Well, you know what? I believe that the word right now, whether you're on site and online, is just going to minister to you in such a powerful way. And if you want a title uh, for the message, my title is Moment Makers. That's my title. Mo- oh, where is it? There you go. Shh. Slowly. Moment Makers. That's my title. Might be wondering, Moment Makers, what does that mean? I will get to that in a bit. But before that, you know, I just want to mention that the last two or three weeks, we have been talking about the love of God. The love of God. And we know how important the love of God is because everything comes out from a revelation of the love of God. And Pastor Giselle, you know, started it off. And then last week we had our magnificent uh, five, fab five, or whatever you call it, five. You know, you might be thinking, no, there were only four. But Eric and did the five. Uh, uh, the three o'clock service, the Tagalog service. So there were actually five of them who were preaching. Amazing angles and perspectives of the love of God. And I want to continue right now on the love of God from a different angle or altogether. And we'll start with Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 to 20 in the Amplified Classic Bible, because this is our prayer for all of you. This is our prayer for you, the leadership as we are praying for the church, as we are praying for you, our congregation, this is our prayer, that may he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit, himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. May Christ, through your faith, actually dwell, settle down, abide, Make his permanent home in your hearts. We pray that you may be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. That you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. That's our prayer, that you would experience the love of God. What is the breadth and length and height and depth of it? And this is where I want to camp on, verse 19. That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled. Now, this is the reason why God wants us to experience His love. That you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God may have the richest measure of the divine presence and may become a body wholly filled and flooded with God Himself. We just don't want to have a revelation of the love of God. God doesn't just want us to have head knowledge that we just know of the love of God. But His prayer is that you experience the love of God that you would practically experience. I love that word practically because sometimes when you say, oh, you know, let's talk about the love of God. And sometimes we just put it out like that there in the spirit. The love of God is out there in the spiritual realm. No, no, no. The love of God, yes, it originates from there. The spiritual realm originates from heaven. God himself is love, but he wants us to walk in it. He wants us to feel it. He wants us to see it. He wants his love 
tangible. How many of you want love? Tangible expressions of the love of God. Like healing is a tangible expression of the love of God. Provision is a tangible expression of the love of God. You know, the little things in life that bring you joy are tangible expressions of the love of God, practical expressions of the love of God. You know, when you find parking like in a crowded space and you're in a hurry, like going to the grocery and you're like, oh, oh my gosh, parking space. That is a tangible expression of the love of God. You know, sometimes people say, oh, don't bother about asking God for a parking space. He's too big for that. Are you kidding me? No, because he perfects that which concerns you. If it concerns you, it concerns God. That's how much he loves you. I mean, if you have children, you will know this. Whatever concerns them concerns you. And that's the love of God, amen. So his will is that we become a body, holy, filled and flooded with God himself. Filled and flooded with God himself. And God is love. So filled, what is that word filled? I looked up that word filled in the Greek. It's the word pleru. And it means to cause, to abound, to furnish, to supply liberally. So when you are filled, it means that you are abounding, abounding. And it's from the root word, which means complete and lacking nothing. Oh, what does that mean, Pastor? Lacking nothing. That's a big word. That you don't lack anything. What does the Bible say? The Bible says that if you have a revelation of the love of God, if you have a revelation, you're going to be filled and flooded, filled. That means you're going to lack nothing. Why? Because even if you're walking through lack, the love of God will assure you that all is well, that He will provide, that even when you're walking through sickness and disease, the love of God will tell you that healing is part of your inheritance. So you lack nothing. Amen. So you will be filled and flooded with the love of God. So God doesn't just want us to experience His love. He doesn't just want us to be filled with His love, but He wants us to be overflowing with His love. Picture a flood. That's, that's what a flood means. A flood means overflowing. It speaks of an overflow. It means covered or filled with an excess of water. To be flooded means saturated, soaking. You are submerged in the love of God. Woo! I believe that like in our, our praise and worship today, that's exactly how I felt. I felt submerged and saturated with the presence of God. And so what's the will of God? It's not just revelation, but demonstration. It's not just a knowing, it's a flowing. It's not just talking, but it's walking it out. God wants that for us, amen, hallelujah. And so we know that even as we receive the love of God, the knowledge of His love causes us to be distribution centers. It causes us to be channels of blessing of the love of God to others. That's what it means to be overflowing with the love of God. That we would create moments, moments that would change people's lives forever, moments that they will never forget. Jesus, in the book of Hebrews, it says that Jesus is the express image of God. He's the express image of the Father. Therefore, He's the express image of love. Amen. Because God is love. And Jesus was a moment maker. 
I believe in my life, and I know in yours too, that the greatest moment that Jesus ever made for me was the moment I received him as my Lord and Savior. There can be no moment that can top that. All other moments come after that moment. But Jesus made that moment for me. On that cross, on that cross of Calvary, he made it possible for me to have a moment, an encounter with God where I received him into my life as my Lord and Savior. And because of that, I was never the same again. That word moment, and I looked up that word moment. It actually means a comparatively brief period of time. So it's just that one moment, you know, when you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. It's that one moment, maybe it only took a few minutes, but it was momentous. That's from, that's from the word momentous, moment. It was weighty. It had significance. It had influence. It changed your life forever. And Jesus, all throughout the Word of God, all throughout the Bible, you will see that he was a moment maker, that it only took a few minutes or even a few seconds with one person, but their lives were changed around. You know, in Luke chapter 7, from verse 15, uh, 13, I believe, there's a story about a widow, a widow, so obviously no husband, a widow who lost her son. And as Jesus was walking with his disciples, there was a funeral procession that came towards him. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine death meeting life? Can you imagine what kind of moment that would be? And so here is life himself walking and death was walking towards him. And you know what happened? I love how it says this because the woman was weeping. She had lost a husband prior and now she lost a son. And Jesus, in that moment, raised her son from the dead. And verse 15, it says here, Luke 7, 15, So he who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he presented him to his mother. What kind of moment was that when death met the giver of life, and all of a sudden something was restored to this woman? That is a moment that woman will never forget. Do you have any death in your life right now? Well, I believe that the giver of life wants to encounter you and wants to have a moment with you, even in this place today. I remember the woman caught in adultery when there were people who wanted to stone her. But then Jesus said, well, you, if you haven't sinned, you cast the first stone. And of course, nobody could say, well, you know, and so they put down the stones. And in verse uh, 10, in verse 10, when Jesus had raised himself up, saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. A woman caught in adultery was face to face with no condemnation. Go and sin no more. What was that moment? What was it like for that woman? And so on and so forth. And you could go all throughout the Bible and you could see the moments that Jesus made that changed the lives of those he encountered forever. And you know what? In the same way, we are called to be moment makers. And you might be thinking, oh, that's so big, you know, raising someone from the dead. And no, you know, the little things that you do, you have no idea what the little moments of love, words, and actions that you give to someone, you have no idea what it means to them. You know, I remember years ago, 
uh, Pastor Giselle, you know, we were sleeping at night and he woke up in the middle of the night. Like he woke up and it woke me up. He's waking up, woke me up. It was like, whew. And I went, oh, you know, oh, what's wrong? He said, you know, something keeps dropping in my heart. And he was trying to go back to sleep. But the Lord, it was like the Lord was relentless. How many of you know that the Lord, when he sees you are in need, he's going to be relentless. He's going to be like, nope, nope, I'm going to meet that need. Seriously. And so, you know, Pastor Giselle woke up and then finally he said, I said, yeah, you know, uh, God just gave me this missionary couple in mind and told me to sow to them and gave him the amount. And I'm like, oh, okay. And it was so strong that it couldn't wait like, okay, Lord, I'll do it next week. No, it had to be done immediately. So the next day, we got the money, you know, uh, the, the, whatever the Lord uh, told us to give. And we met the missionary, the missionary couple. And so I remember, I remember very clearly because I was to one side and uh, Giselle called out the, the, the man and he said, hey, come, uh, come here, you know, I want to give you something. And said, you know, the Lord wanted, and I was kind of to the side. And I saw his wife who was further off from him in the room, kind of looking like, you know, what's going on, what's going on. And of course, you know, the, the, the man prayed uh, for the offering and thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so that was it. And the very next day, the wife came up to me in tears and she says, you have no idea what that did for us. Because all throughout that week, we were praying to God because we were looking at our, our pantry, our shelves, and we had no more food. And for some reason, they had no money. Maybe some of their supporters didn't you know, pulled through. There was no money, no money to buy groceries. And they were saying, how can we feed our two? They had two children at the time, two small children. And it was like, God, we just need money for groceries. We just need to fill up the pantry. And you know what? And what you gave was more than enough for us to fill up our pantry. And she prayed for us. And she said, I pray that the same way that God provided so supernaturally for us is going to be the same way that he provides for you. And you know what? You cannot outgive God because we have seen in our lives how God has supernaturally, like we didn't know, we didn't know where to get it. We didn't know how it would happen, but God just supernaturally moved. You know, that moment for that couple was a moment, a moment where it changed their lives forever. And you know what? You might be thinking, well, you know, maybe that was a big amount of money. No, I'll tell you another story, which happened to us. Somebody became a moment maker for us. You know, we, at that time, we, we didn't have any money. We ran short of money to the point that I was, I remember like with our um, ATM card, you know, there's a minimum that you can withdraw, right? We couldn't even withdraw because what was in our bank account was way below the minimum. So we couldn't even withdraw what was in the bank. So it was like... Okay, so that's how, that's how at the bottom we were. But you know what? Our, 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 our kids, they were like, Mommy, we want to watch a movie. Dad, Mom, can we watch a movie? And I looked at Giselle, and I remember, we did have money for a movie. And we were like, you know what? Let's just bring our kids, you know, for the movie. And as we were going to the movie house, they said, Hey, can we buy popcorn and drinks? And I had to tell them, you know what? Maybe not today, because we didn't have the money for it. We didn't have the cash for it. We, we couldn't buy popcorn and drinks. And we're like, oh, okay, you know, that's fine. We'll just watch the movie. So we're lining up. I remember it was in ADC. You remember that, right? Lining up, lining up. And right in front of us, all of a sudden, like, oh, it was a friend of ours. And so we started talking because the line was a bit long and talking, talking, talking. So it was his turn to buy. So he's there buying, buying. And, you know, as soon as he left, I'm ready to pay for the tickets. He turns and says, here, I just bought you four tickets. And you might think, 
what's that? It's just four tickets. How much is a movie? Four tickets. But you know what that meant for me? You know what that meant for my children? It meant that they could have popcorn and drinks. You know what? That was small, right? But you never underestimate the seed that you sow. Never underestimate the kind deeds that you do. Never underestimate a cup of coffee. Never underestimate prayer. Never underestimate a hug. Never underestimate your seed. Because you have no idea the moments you create for these people that will change their lives. It will change their lives. Amen. So my question to you would be, have you ever been a moment maker for someone? And has someone been a moment maker for you? See, this gospel that we preach, we just don't preach it. We demonstrate it. It is not just something that we say. Jesus, we don't just define Jesus. Jesus is to be demonstrated. And we are of those who release and demonstrate the love of God to people. And even the small things that you do, it makes a difference. Romans chapter 5, verse 6 to 8, new, in the New King James Version, it says, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So the demonstrations of the love of God was not to those who were perfect. The demonstration was when we did not deserve it. So I'll ask you right now, do you demonstrate the love of God only to those who do good to you? Do you demonstrate the love of God only to those who are lovable? Oh, you're so lovable. I'd like to give you a you are loved bag. But do we demonstrate it to those who have been unkind to us? Do we demonstrate it to those who have offended us? Do we demonstrate it to those who we think don't deserve our love? I challenge you. I know we have a you are loved um, you know, uh, campaign in this church and you have your you are loved bags and you can do anything with it, I challenge you to bless someone who annoys you. Seriously, like, I cannot stand that woman. That is the woman you are going to give the you are loved bag to. That is the person you are going to give the you are loved bag to. Oh my goodness, you know that she has such an ugly attitude. I don't even want to be near that person. That is the person you buy coffee for. Tapos biglang ang daming bumili ng coffee for me. Pastora, here's a love bag. Parang ayoko nang tanggapin. Wait, what is your motive? Are you annoyed or do you really love me? Si Marisa Roque, maraming matatanggap yan. Ako, ako unang mabibigay sa But how many of you know what an, what an, I'm so sorry I even mentioned her name, but she's a wonderful lady. I'm not annoyed at her at all, okay? But, but come on, come on. Can, can I challenge you to be like Jesus, who demonstrated his love even to those who persecuted him? Amen. Because you never know what an encounter with the love of God can do for the most hopeless person. Romans 5.8 in the Weiss Expanded Translation. This is one of my favorite translations now. 
We expanded translation. Romans 5.8. But God is constantly proving His own love to us. Because while we were yet sinners, Christ in behalf of us died. Imagine this. God demonstrated His love while you were still a sinner. How much more will He continue demonstrating His love to you now that you are a son and daughter of God? Constantly demonstrating every day, every minute, every second of the day. I'm going to get points here, but every time I see my husband, that is the <laughs> Christmas gift ko honey, sinulat ko na. So, <laughs> bribe to bribe. But every time, no seriously, you, you have to look. See, this is a challenge. <laughs> I call this a your love challenge. Whenever you see your spouse, you are God's constant demonstration. <laughs> you are God's constant demonstration of love for me. Even if we fight, you are God's constant demonstration of love for me. Saranghe, adzumani saranghe. Amen. Constantly proving. You know what? Every day, every day, be discerning, recognize. Ooh, this is a demonstration of God's love for me. Whenever something happens, maybe, you know, maybe like you opened your wallet and you found an extra 500 you didn't know was there. God, you love me. Because God constantly demonstrates. His demonstration did not stop with one act. It didn't stop at the cross. That was a one-time breaking, but there's a continuous distributing. Just like the five loaves and two fish, five loaves, two fish, but in the hands of Jesus, when he broke it, there was a continuous multiplying until everyone was fed and there were leftovers. That's how God demonstrates his love. A one-time breaking, but a continuous giving. Amen. And just like the disciples, remember in five, five I was going to say five and two, but yes, five and two. Five loaves and two fish. Who did he use to distribute the five loaves and two fish when it was multiplying? He used the disciples. And may we be those disciples. May we be those moment makers. Amen. So what is the empowerment behind all this? Why can we walk in this kind of love? 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 15, in the New King James versions, it says, for the love of Christ compels us. The love of Christ compels us, not the love for Christ. It's not talking about our love for Christ, although our love for Christ is important, but we love because he first loved us. And it says here, the context of this verse, if you go into any commentary that you read, the context is the love that Christ has for us. So the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died and he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. What does it say here? The love of Christ, His love for us fuels our passion and motivates us. It compels us. Amen. 1 John 3, 16 to 18. It says, By this we know and have come to understand the depth and essence of His precious love that He willingly laid down His life for us because He loved us. And this is our response now. And we ought to lay down our lives for the believers. But whoever has the world's goods, adequate resources, and sees his brother in need, but has no compassion for him, how does the love of God live in him? 
I mean, it's like it's impossible. It is impossible that the love of God is in you, but it's, there's no demonstration. How can the love of God be in you if you show no compassion? And you might be saying, well, how, how will I know? Is the love of God in me? Yes, because Romans 5, 8 says that, that the love of God has been poured out in your hearts by the Holy Spirit. So you already have the love of God. And it says here, whoever sees, uh, has adequate resources, does not have compassion for his brother, how does the love of God live in him? Little children, believers, dear ones, let us not love merely in theory, with word or with tongue, giving lip service to compassion, but in action and in truth, in practice and in sincerity, because practical acts of love are more than words. Practical acts of love doesn't have to be so big. Just practical acts of love, a kind word to someone is a practical act of love. Moments, those practical acts of love become moments that will change one's life forever. It is Christ loving others through, uh, through us. See, our love cannot be an abstract theory. Cannot be abstract, a theory that we only talk about. No, the love that we speak of, the love that we preach has to be demonstrated through our life with loving acts of kindness to walk it out. The love of Christ compels us. What does compel mean? It means it urges us forward. It excites us to action. The love of God excites us to action. But I found another meaning for the word compel that was so amazing. And you can find it actually in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the same verse, but in my favorite translation right now, which is the Wies Expanded Translation. Look at it. Look at what it says here. For the love which Christ has for me presses on me from all sides, holding me to one end and prohibiting me from considering any other. Think about that. Wrapping itself around me in tenderness giving me an impelling motive, having brought me to this conclusion, namely, that one died on behalf of all in order that those who are living no longer are living for themselves, but for the one who died on their behalf and instead of them and was raised. So the word compels means you are hemmed in on both sides. And the picture is like a traveler in a narrow passage or gorge with a wall of rock here on either hand, and he's unable to turn aside. Unable, why? Because it hems it in. So, you know, I'd like to call like my four ladies, the four girls, uh, Pastor Nash, uh, was it you, Leigh? Uh, Anna, and then Marissa, uh, Pastora Millet. Uh, okay, birthday girl, come here. And Pearl, were you one of them? How many do we have? Eight, all right. Okay, so I want to illustrate this hemming in. Remember, the Apostle Paul, what was the Apostle Paul saying? Imagine that. He was hemmed in by love. It was a narrow passageway. He was saying, I am held together like this, and I cannot incline either way. So, there. So this is my hedge. This is my framework. Love is to be our framework. 
So what was the Apostle Paul saying? The love of Christ compelled him. It hedged him so that when he was walking through life, he was walking one straight path, a path of love, a path of forgiveness, a path of obedience, a path of good works, a path of practical acts of love. He couldn't go anywhere else. And so the love of God constrained him, but it also restrained him. Like, okay, I want to walk in unforgiveness. Ooh, no, no, there's the love of God. Oh, I, I want to walk to manipulate others. Oh, you know, no, 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 no. I can't, the love of God. And so if I want to go another way, the love of God restrains me, protects me, causes me to move in a way that is pleasing to God. And I love what Pastor Giselle said, in this house, in this church, this community will love you like this. Amen. Amen. You have a life group, you have people who surround you, they're the demonstration of the love of God that whenever you want to quit, ah, oh, I can't quit. Whenever I want to, you know, oh, you're gonna, oh, oh, you know what? I, 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 I. No, why? Because the love of God will hem you in. The love of God. Amen? Amen. 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 So thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's give a hand for the eight. My, my uh, pathway. Oh, and by the way, I am tested. Negative. Okay, I just took a swab test. So they're safe. They're in mass, so they're safe. But Christ's love controlled and framed the direction of the Apostle Paul's life in ministry. And I pray, just like this illustration, that the love of God would frame your life so that you cannot, it's like you cannot help but do this. And when you feel like doing this, no, the love of God will remind you, oh, the love of God will say, and I love that. I love that, that we have people around us who can do that for us. Amen. Hallelujah. And so here we know the love of God is both constraining and it is restraining. So my question to you would be, has Christ's love taken us captive that we cannot help but respond in any other way but loving others. I pray that over you in the name of Jesus. You know, the You Are Loved campaign is not just an activity. We were constrained. We were compelled. We were urged on by the love of God to do this. Why? Because God wants to give, give each and every one of you an opportunity to be a moment maker. Can you imagine how many moments you're going to be able to create with this opportunity, with this You Are Love bag? And whatever way, I mean, you don't have to have a You Are Love bag to be able to demonstrate the love of God. And you know, as I was praying, this verse, and I was studying, this verse came to my mind, and the Holy Spirit, it was like the Holy Spirit was saying, this is your church. This is New Life, Maine. New Life, Maine, online, on site. Thank you for being moment makers. In the last year and a half or more, our nation has been through a terrible, terrible time of pressing and crushing and grief and sorrow. But for all of you here and all of you online, we just want to thank you for your generosity because this church has never lacked. It has never lacked giving out. It has never lacked helping. It has never lacked feeding. It has never lacked the opportunity. And it has never lacked the stepping out. And it was because of you being generous, 
even during this time. And I want to read this account in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 to 9 in the Amplified Bible, because it speaks so much of our church, especially in the last year and a half. It says, now, brothers and sisters, I want to tell you about the grace of God, which has been evident in the churches of new life. Awakening in them a longing to contribute. For during an ordeal of severe distress, like the pandemic, their abundant joy and their deep poverty together overflowed in the wealth of their lavish generosity. That was you. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond your ability, you gave voluntarily, begging us insistently for the privilege of participating in the service for the support of the saints in this nation. So many of you got like 50 new life bags, 20 new life bags, like begging for bags. Do you have more bags? We want to bless some more. Not only did you give materially as we had hoped, but first, and this was the secret, I believe, but first you gave yourselves to the Lord and then to us as his representatives by the will of God, disregarding your personal interests and giving as much as you possibly could. I know some testimonies of businesses that were down here. We'd have a testimony of someone whose sales were so low, they were at the bottom of the sales in their report, in the quarterly report. Before the end of this year, they were at the bottom. But you know what? They still gave. I remember during that time, they still gave. They sowed seeds, but they were at the bottom of the barrel. And you know what? One Sunday, they were on their way to church, but they were so, oh, they were like, oh, I don't know. They were so um, sad and brokenhearted because of the sales. You know, it was like 58,000 pesos for a whole year of sales. And for them, it's like, what? You know? And they were on their way to church, but they didn't want to go to church. So they made a U-turn and said, you know what? We need to come to church. But in that church, they met someone, they had lunch with that someone, and that person connected them with a client who gave them their biggest business in 20 years. In 20 years. And from the bottom of the barrel, at the end of the year, they're gonna be awarded the million dollar something something award because of what they were able to accomplish. Why is that? Because it says here, disregarding their personal interests and giving as much as they possibly could. That's what they did. It was a demonstration of the love of God. And so the Apostle Paul says, but just as you excel in everything and lead the way in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in genuine concern, and in your love for us, new life. See that you excel in this gracious work of giving also. I'm not saying this as a command to dictate to you, but to prove by pointing out the enthusiasm of others, the sincerity of your love as well. See, what you have been doing has been proving how sincere your love was and is. And why is that? For, and that word for, it explains why. It explains why a son and daughter of God would be motivated to give sacrificially. Because you are recognizing more clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because you have a revelation of his love. 
And as I continue, I'd like to, uh, you know, I'm going to end with this illustration right now. So I've, if I could ask uh, the team just to prepare the illustration. But here it says that the reason you can give sacrificially is because you are recognizing more clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, his astonishing kindness, his generosity, his gracious favor, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that by his poverty you might become rich and abundantly blessed. I'm telling you, you will never outgive God. Whatever seed that you sow, the Bible says he gives seed to the sower and bread for food. And you know what? As an illustration, I see us as a sponge. And as we get submerged and saturated with the love of God, every time you come to church, every time you go before the Lord in your quiet time and you read the word and you worship, and you're being submerged and saturated with the love of God, this is what's going to happen, and I don't even have to press it. As you go out, you are going to be moment makers. You're just going to be overflowing with the love of God that every person that comes in contact with you comes into contact with the love of God. I see all of you, and I, I'm not even pressing the sponge, but I see all of you in your life as these sponges submerged in the love of God and distributing the love of God wherever you go. And this is what I also saw, that even in a time of pressing, what came out was the love of God, that you overcame evil with good, that as you continue to be submerged, as you continue to be saturated, as you continue to have a revelation of the love of God, that every time pressing comes, good will come out, not evil. And the Bible says you will overcome but you will overcome evil with good. Amen? So I will leave you with this right now. Amen. Hallelujah. So I pray over you that you would have opportunities, continuous opportunities to be moment makers, that as you get a revelation of the love of God, it would overflow into generous acts of kindness. I pray for every seed that you will sow, that it would be unto you a harvest of righteousness. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10 to 15 in the New Living Translation says this, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. And in the same way, He will provide and increase your resources, and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. And as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. You're gonna turn people to the Lord with your acts of kindness. You're gonna turn people, you're gonna get people to say, how can you be so giving during this time? And you will point them to the Lord. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ and they will pray for you with deep affection 
because of the overflowing grace God has given you. I thank God for all of you. I thank God for you, New Life, on site and online. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for overflowing in this grace that God has given you. And remember, remember, do not ever, ever forget because of what Jesus Christ has done, you will never, ever doubt that you are loved. Did you get anything today? Amen. Well, God bless you. God bless you. And let me call Andre up right now. Sharing that word. Now, I believe this is a moment for some of you here to make a decision that will change your eternity forever. I believe that this could be a moment where your present and your future will be changed because of a decision. You know, Pastor was talking about the love of God and you might be sitting here and maybe you've heard about the love of God and you've been to church, but maybe for the first time today, you've realized that it's more than just words you hear, but it's something you get to experience. And so I want to encourage, if everyone could just close their eyes and uh, bow their heads for a second. If you're here, and for those of you watching online as well, if you know that you want this moment to be the moment where you decide to accept Jesus in your life, I want to encourage you to raise your hand. And you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to feel embarrassed. But on the count of three, I just want to encourage you, wherever you are, for those of you online as well, if you could type that in the chat. But on the count of three, I just want to encourage you to take that moment. If you believe God is calling you and you want to respond to it. One, two, three. If that's you, just take a moment just to raise your hand. No one's looking around and no need to feel embarrassed up there in the balcony. No one is looking around, no worries. Want to take this moment right now, their hands raised as well. If you feel like I'm alone, you're not the only one. Let's take this moment right now to pray together. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. It's, it's not just saying the words that saves you. It's about believing those words in your heart and declaring them to God. So all together, as a family, let's say this together. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for loving me and for giving me your life. Today is a new day. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for joining us today. We believe that God's powerful word can bring a change in your situation and transform your life. So we encourage you to share this message to your family and friends so they too can know of the new life that God has for them. If you prayed to receive Jesus for the first time or was simply blessed by this message, we invite you to connect with us. Follow us on Facebook at newlife.ph, Instagram at newlife underscore ph, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, New Life Media PH. You can also email us at connect at newlife.ph. We will be so glad to hear from you. To support the ministry, please visit newlife.ph slash alabang slash give. Your generosity is greatly appreciated. God bless you.